my ten cent <laughs> ten cent pop filter from Amazon. Uh, Sorry, environment. <laughs> how are you? Uh, I'm not too bad, though. How are you doing? Good, good. What are you? Uh, what are you drinking today? I am drinking a dry hopped pilsner by uh, Moa. There you go. Moa. Do you know cool. what? Do you know what Moa is or was? No. Um, yet another flightless kiwi bird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sadly, sadly, okay. it's extinct. So, um, um, mm. yeah. Oh. But we still have like um, eggs here and there, and you know some specimens in museums. But yeah, yeah. it was a giant. They... It was a giant bird, like really tall. Oh, I'll put really? a, I'll, yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, this is episode thirteen, so uh, I'll uh, it will be on keep keepintouch.fm slash thirteen. I was gonna ask if it's as cute as a kiwi, uh, but you said it was big, so it was really big. Probably not. Long neck, <laughs> kind of like a ostrich, like maybe. Uh, what are you uh, drinking? Uh, this morning I have a. Lobster Butter Love from Ruse Roast Coffee in Ann Arbor. It's delicious. It's very good. Mm. They have these weird names for all their coffee, but this is their best one for sure. And uh, yeah, Lobster Butter Love. Is it just like black or do you put milk yeah. in it? Uh, it's just black. Sometimes I put milk, um, but it's just black today. It's uh, it's just a nice, nice. I don't know, medium roast, I guess. I don't think it's too dark, but it could be totally wrong. But yeah, it's good. I uh, I remember I've been I've had this for a long time. This this was like a local coffee place that used to be down the street from like I don't know, fifteen jobs ago. <laughs> place that not that many, but uh, it was uh, down the street, and they would like hand deliver a giant bag of coffee beans and uh, we didn't have a receptionist. So they would leave funny notes on the bag, like on the, the coffee bag. They were like, anybody here? Hello. Where'd all these coffee beans go? Like they would leave funny notes. Cause like nobody was out there to, to, to accept the, the bag every week. But, but anyway, uh, yeah. Lobster butter love. Very, very delicious. Very nice. So, yeah. Well, next time I'm, uh, I'm in the neighborhood, I might just stop and, and try it out. Yes, please. Things have happened since we spoke. Uh, you um, you decided to act on your impulses and you bought a TV, <laughs> haven't you? I did. I did. I uh, I don't know. <clears throat> Something got into me. I was I was sitting and reading uh, the wire cutter. Do you know the wire cutter? I know the wire cutter. Yeah. Is it owned by New York Times now? I think I think so. Mm-hmm. I believe it is. Um, so yeah, I was like messing around the wire cutter and something got in me i would think it was last weekend and uh it was friday last week friday and uh i decided i was like oh it's almost super bowl time tvs are going on sale like i need a new tv i want a new tv i'm gonna buy a new tv so so i uh i bought a new tv it's uh it's not you know the most expensive thing in the world but uh i just found out yesterday or two days ago it won uh an award at ces for like the best value tv it's a tcl 
mm-hmm. if you've heard of that brand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so TCL uh, 6 Series 4K TV. Um, so it's kind of a, I don't want to say like middle of the road, but it's like it hits all of the the, the bullet points for the things that you want in a TV, but the price was very, very affordable. So it's got the Dolby Vision. It's got uh, it's got QLED, so it's got lots of zones of lighting. That's very nice. And then, uh, of course, I had to buy a new amplifier. Why is that? Run. Well, my old one, you know, wouldn't run the, the Dolby Atmos. Mm. And all of the newer, right? You can't run 4K through my old my old receiver because I run everything through the receiver and then to the TV, except for the Roku because that's built into the TV. But anyway, uh, I bought a new uh, receiver. It's a Yamaha, and now the exact one escapes me. But it was a recommended receiver on the wire cutter, so it's nice. I like it. Yeah, very cool. And the best part. I don't know if the best part, but a really amazing part was that we now have an Amazon warehouse that is nearby. So our <laughs> shipping times have <laughs> Hey, don't don't look at me like that. Ten minutes. <laughs> well, it's not that fast, but uh it is remarkable uh, how late in the day that you can get something, you know, next day. Uh next day delivery with the free, you know, the free uh prime delivery ends up just being next day because it's like Oh, I don't know. It's maybe like 30 miles away, 40 miles away at the most. There's a warehouse. So there's a bunch of stuff that ends up being there. That's kind of cool. Interesting. Like um, This overnight delivery thing, what has always surprised me is how fast I can get things delivered from Australia to home in New Zealand. Like if, mm-hmm. I, if I bought uh, an iPod, for example, from Apple, there's warehouses in sydney or near sydney yeah i would buy it say this afternoon at 3 or 4 p.m and next morning by by 18 8 o'clock in the morning i have it at my door yeah and this is like different countries you have to fly <laughs> across a, um, a few thousand kilometers i'm like how is this even it is it is quite amazing isn't it yeah the logistics and, yeah and, and the fun part is the logistics company is a german company right is dhl yeah. So if you think about it, that's a different <laughs> hemisphere even. So, uh, yeah, the internet is amazing. It is. Pretty cool stuff. So I'll put links uh, to all of the, the products that I bought uh, if anybody's interested. I'm pretty happy, uh, especially not spending a ton of money. Um, I'm very, very happy with it. So so now I on my to do list, I keep forgetting uh to look this up, but I have to figure out how to watch the Super Bowl in four K. There's an article on The Verge about that. I was literally just reading that. Oh. <laughs> I'll sweet. share it with you. All right. Yeah. All right. Because yeah, I think I don't think my YouTube TV I'm pretty sure YouTube TV doesn't stream four K yet. So, you know, it's hit and miss depending on the, the show. I think a lot of Netflix stuff is in uh either 4k or ultra hd all that good stuff but i gotta mm. figure out how to watch the super bowl in 4k all those ads <laughs> one of the things i pay attention to when looking at when looking at tvs is um all the processing that they that they do so i use an amplifier mm. as well and i have 
game consoles plugged into the HDMI port of the amplifier and then a single cable to the TV that transfers audio and video. And the last thing I want is for my TV to do any video processing. It just introduces Mm -hmm. lag and it's annoying. Mm -hmm. Have you found any anything like that in your TV? And the second question for when you answer this one would be, um, is this TV, are you connecting it to the internet for the Roku? Are you not concerned that you might be sending other stuff as well? Like screenshots of what you're watching, for example. Oh, I hadn't even thought of it. <laughs> it is connected because uh, it's basically like a Roku TV. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the TV is connected for all the, the streaming content. And actually, the um, the amplifier is connected too, which, I don't know, it's for like music streaming services, right? And I don't know if I'm going to do a lot of that through my amplifier because I end up doing it through my Google Home system. But, um, I don't know, privacy-wise, uh, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not that concerned. I hadn't really thought about it. I hope they're not. Mm. Um, I don't know. I mean, they could be, right? Because, uh, who knows? Maybe I, I, I should try to set up something on my network to, to capture that device and see what it's doing, right? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I see you, um, you also have Apple TV on it, don't you? Yeah, there is. There is an app. Yep. Yeah, yeah I haven't tried it out yet. But we're getting there. So, yeah, but you were you were mentioning the video processing. That's and right. Yeah, I haven't gotten there yet, but I know exactly what you mean because my amplifier, right? All the video goes through there, so that's doing video processing as well as the TV. And there's like you have you have like the original, um you know, like the original encoding and the original uh, like way that it's supposed to look. And now it's going through multiple sources and, you know, trying to calibrate and tune and, and make sure that you're seeing what they wanted you to see, but also, you know, seeing like the best thing. Um, I don't know. It adds two layers. I remember like a super long time ago when I got my first TV, uh, I did this like color calibration thing. Like I had some DVD like some some disc that you could put in that would like walk you through. Mm-hmm. It was like an hour long thing. <laughs> it would like walk you through like all these patterns on your TV and all these color codes and all this stuff to like calibrate. And then shortly after that, I got a receiver and I was like, well, I got to do this all over again because now the receiver is messing with the video and the TV is messing with the video. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. Many receivers have options for pass through video especially especially if you connect a gaming console right so so maybe that's a simple a simple step to take yeah yeah i gotta look i don't know they don't even give you it's funny i'm I'm gonna sound old but they don't even give you a manual anymore like (laughs) in the box like you have to go online and look at it which is totally fine because i usually throw them away anyways but i was really surprised when i opened up the box and there was like nothing in there like, oh, I guess I got to go online. That's fine. No, that, I, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. Like, rather yeah. than waste trees and paper and whatever, just yeah. Well, then I got another 
thing sitting around that, right, what do I do with it? Mm. Yeah. Our iPhones and Android phones and whatever don't come with big, thick oh, user yeah. manuals, do they? <laughs> no. Well, it's like impossible, right? Because that... <laughs> Have you read the software. Instagram manual yet? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. <laughs> you know, it is really funny. I uh, the, the project at work uh, that I'm working on, there is like there's like a technical writer. Like there's a, a woman that like creates the manual for the product. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting down with her and, you know, answering questions and going through features and all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, this is, this is actually really cool that this exists, but also, you know, at the same time, it's like, we could just put this online, but okay. I mean, you still got to write the manual, but like, you know, I think they, they actually include like a paper manual with the the physical product wow yeah yeah kind of kind of crazy to see how that's made she's like now you know she's like what does this do and like i'm gonna put an arrow here we're gonna highlight this and i'm like my mind is exploding i'm like (laughs) oh my god there's like so i'm like yeah there is a lot like you take for granted right you just assume what things do and uh and they have a different way of looking at it you know they're like oh we gotta know what this does we gotta know what that does and we have to you know, blank out the screenshot on this thing, and you're like, holy moly. So, are you saying that all those user guides are not just, like, your code comments extracted? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's a person. (laughs) There's a real person. Yeah. Oh, fun times. Anyway. Um, It's been an interesting month already, January. Well, it might be February by the time people listen to this. Um. When it comes to privacy, we had that early um, um, early in the year, we had Apple and iCloud encryption being, well, actually not being a thing. Mm-hmm. And I was very keen to hear your thoughts on that. Um, so that's why I was like very cold when like, oh, yeah. let's not talk about this now. I really want to hear your <laughs> thoughts live. What do you reckon? Um, well, I don't know. It's early in the morning to gather my opinions. Uh, it's a little surprising, I guess. Um, maybe you should do a little background for the users. Okay. Or users. <laughs> Hello, I'm users. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Listeners. Um, yeah, I mean, iCloud specifically, right? Yeah. So encryption. Here's, here's the summary that I understood. What's happening is Reuters published an article. Um, where they were saying that um, Apple has decided at the request of um, the FBI, which I don't know how true or false it is, to not do um, any encryption for iCloud backups. What is definitely a fact is that um, iCloud backups are not encrypted, and Tim Cook is on the record in a German newspaper, Der Spiegel, um, to actually say that our users have a key and we have one. We do this because some users lose or forget their key and then expect help from us to get their data back. So um, I think that that's not okay. But um, I have many thoughts on this. I really want to hear what you think first. <laughs> really? Mm. Uh, I don't know. So if you liken it to, you know, if you if you draw a parallel to like a bank, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or other places, other places where you store your your data, your your property. Um, you know, 
they can go knocking at a bank and say, you know, open up that that safety deposit box. We want to see what's in there. Um, but then, so I don't know. but then, if I'm a criminal, I can also drive my truck into the vault and steal all your data from the vault, and there is no one hundred percent guarantee that I will get caught. Right. So, right. Uh, yeah. So not all heists yeah. have been solved, statistically oh, no. speaking. No. Sure. Um, yeah, I guess I'm surprised that they, um, I don't know, bent on that or or decided to not to not do the, um, you know, encryption, the um, exclusive, you know, user only encryption. Uh, there might be an angle to, um, you know users like actually saying hey i forgot my password um that might be a pretty big angle because you know presumably they somehow verify the user through i don't know their their credit card or some other means to like verify that that's the actual user mother made a name (laughs) yeah yeah right um so i'm just surprised though because of all of the other um things right like like not being able to um unlock phones right just standing up and saying no to that Mm -hmm. so it's a little bit strange but also it's a little bit different because it's not because it is theirs right it's on on their servers in their data you might be paying for it so it's a little bit different yeah but you bought the phone too right like the phone is yours you know but i'm paying for the bridge you can do that so yeah i don't know here's why i think it doesn't stack up First of all, the part that's yeah, sorry, uh, no, it's all right. just you can go ahead. I I just wanted to to remind us to talk about um, I'm I don't I don't use iMessage, so I'm confused about how iMessage is encrypted but not encrypted. I can explain apparently. So yeah, it, tell I me can, how that works. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll start with that one. So iCloud is encrypted. Sorry, iMessage is encrypted end to end when we talk to one another. Mm-hmm. But then on my phone, I can actually read them, right? Like I can look at them and I can read yeah. them, right? So they are yeah. decrypted before I look at them. Otherwise, they'd be just garbage. Now, when an iCloud backup is made, it's the unencrypted conversation, the actual text payload that gets backed up to the servers. Oh, that's shitty. See, that's <laughs> circumventing the purpose of end to end. Well, sorry. I might. I hope I'm. I hope I'm not wrong. But this is my understanding yeah. of it. The the reasons why I think huh. this whole thing does not stack up are, are as follows. Number one, Android already does cloud encrypted backups yeah. or encrypted cloud backups, right? So yeah. that it's already been solved. So it's not like it's technically impossible, right? It's not. Right. Okay. It's not a challenge. You're talking app, app backup? I'm like talking device data. backups, like your entire data. device. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. apps too. Yeah, yeah, that's out of the box. You have to actively turn that off. There we go. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Yeah, every the, app. The other reason why I think it doesn't stack up is because when you plug an iOS device into your Mac and you used to go to iTunes before mm-hmm. Catalina, but now with Catalina, you go to Finder and you decide to make a backup of your phone, mm-hmm. there is a checkbox that allows you to make an encrypted backup. So when you tick that as a user, Apple shows you this massive splash screen or alert dialogue and says, hey, 
if you lose your password, there's no way for you to recover whatever yeah. data you've just backed up. So they've already considered the user flow or the, <laughs> the customer yeah. journey for creating an encrypted backup. So what I cannot understand is why in the iCloud settings on iOS, there isn't a, a counterpart switch or checkbox or whatever for those oh. iCloud backups. Like, sure, have them yeah. unencrypted by default so that most people, you know, uh, who, let's say, most people who forget their passwords mm-hmm. because of the default might be able to recover their uh, their backups. But then for the more savvy, more advanced, more privacy-concerned customers, at least you give them an option to right. um, to encrypt their data before it's sent to the cloud, whatever right. that might mean. And right. um, I just think it's... It's inconsistent with all their marketing campaigns and everything where they have those big billboards where they go like, what happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone right? unless you back it up. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you decide to back it up to iCloud, right. Which you are encouraged to do. You're nagged. iOS nags you with stars around the settings, in the settings screen. I was just going to say. It's obnoxious almost. I mean, as with anything, there's probably, you know, a hundred people in the room, you know, making inconsistent decisions. And part of it could be that it's a revenue stream, right? That people are paying, right? People pay for iCloud back- backup because your free tier is like really five small. Gigs, yeah. <laughs> so maybe there's an aspect of like, hey, people are paying for this. So we can't just lock them out after they've been paying us for a year and a half and now they lose their password and they're going to be outrageous that they paid us. Make it an option. But now they're screwed. Like, I, I don't know. There's probably a lot of different angles to it, but you're right that it is an inconsistent and doesn't seem uh, seem like the normal path mm. for them, right? It's mixed messaging, I guess, as well as not clear. Like, I feel like I'm a pretty technical person and even though I'm not in the <laughs> the Apple ecosystem 100%, I feel like I know a lot of what's going on and I didn't understand the iMessage backup. You know, that's that's crazy that that you know, it's end to end and you're like, okay, encrypted, but then when you back up your phone, you lose that encryption, right? Same with I mean, I would understand for photos, right? And the reason I understand for photos is because I'm thinking you share those photos. So in order for somebody else to be able to to see them, there needs to be another key to decrypt them, right? So maybe they can encrypt all the photos except for the ones oh. you've shared with a yeah. person. But let's say that's that's where I could, you know, like show some flexibility in my expectations. But when it comes to my text files or whatever raw data my apps produce, mm-hmm. I'm like, mm. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure I want that to be available. You know, they they go and they recycle a <laughs> a hard drive, <laughs> and then it ends up on eBay with iCloud data from customers. You know, I I know they have yeah. encryption keys on top of it. I I I get it. it's not that straightforward. It's probably still encrypted, just not with a a one way encryption or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting, you know. It's interesting, and I I do think that in I don't know in the next five or ten years, I think there might be a lot of changes to 
data and, and privacy and encryption and the way that our information is is handled and regulated you know it it, it feels like right, the tech industry everything moves so fast and government is so slow but it does feel like it is just starting to tick up on the government side of like you know hey this is like the wild wild west and we got to figure out how to how to make things uh regulated and, and consistent so yeah, yeah we had part GDPR of me in is Europe. for that yeah i mean right yeah the and GDPR then california had and, its own yeah yeah so things are starting to happen um which is right arguably good as long as the right things happen from like a employment employee developer perspective like holy crap it's a nightmare right trying to implement trying to to keep every country happy i mean every website that you go to now you got this freaking pop-up about cookies you know and you're like ay 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 like enough with yes i accept your site cookies and i use the browser extension that just gets rid of those it just does it yeah yeah (laughs) it's so while that stuff is good it could become a burden you know and and slow down innovation i guess and i don't know maybe this is the same thing that other industries went through a long time ago you know it'd be interesting to talk to um other industries that were not regulated and then regulated and and to hear the, the parallels maybe like a what auto industry or uh, a finance banking industry. So if you know anybody, that'd be, that'd be actually really interesting to talk about. Mm. Like, what was it, you know, what was it like at the birth of the big finance and there was no regulation? It'd be interesting to hear. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. And like speaking of privacy, um, ring had its own, um, challenge as well where the uh again yeah. the uh, eff i i really admire this organization um eff published a um a piece of research where they i think they took the uh, apk the android app and then they picked inside yeah and then they uh, they had a look at um uh, what the app was doing and um it was quite disconcerting to see how big a discrepancy there is between what the app declares to collect and to do and what it actually does so um and like i i looked at that as a as a person that understands native app development quite well and Mm -hmm. at a glance like oh yeah all of that makes sense like (laughs) i know why you would use the graph api from facebook and i know why what you know branch does the blinking for you and i know mix panel for analytics and crash analytics for you know all those things and um, yeah, it's like at a glance, it looks, yeah, this should be fine. But then when you actually look at what those libraries actually collect, it stops being obvious. It stops being reasonable. Like they don't, they don't need to know all the information that they are collecting. Like, why do you need to know anything about the magnetometer, gyroscope and accelerometer when you're, when you're building an app that literally just plays back video from your camera? <laughs> I can tell you why to develop a digital fingerprint for for that device. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now. Well, yeah. But then why does Amazon do this? Like let's not forget so Amazon bought Ring and mm-hmm. uh even one of their engineers uh stepped up and said like this Ring should be shut down and never 
never build again. Oh, yeah. I've, I've never thought ring, especially the, the, the angle, right? The marketing angle of buy this thing and make your neighborhood safer because we're going to share all the video and the feeds and all the information with your police department. And like, that just makes my head, you know, tweak. Like, what? Wait a minute. You know, like, hmm, now this is like everywhere you go is, you know, a surveillance state. Like, that's not what we do here, mm. you know? And, you know, there's, yeah, there's the good angle where you're like, yeah, you can catch a criminal, but there's also the bad angle of, you know, now you have Big Brother, like, literally spying on you outside your own home. And, like, I I don't need that. <laughs> Remember the street parties that you you uh, told me about or you showed me photos from? <laughs> it would be a lot easier for all of us to take part in <laughs> and judge your choice of beer and your barbecue technique. <laughs> your yeah. Oh my goodness, it is it's, so creepy. There wasn't. Do you remember? Did you watch uh, Parks and Rec? Yes. And there was the episode where the um the big whatever that big tech company was that that came into town. And they were like sending people gifts, like to their doorstep. There'd be like a box of gifts because uh, they were listening to everybody's phone conversations, right? <laughs> they they had some contract with the the town. They gave everybody free phones or whatever. Like it's, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I've never liked the idea of Ring. But the, the and, and honestly, like logistically, for me, like logistically. Maybe it's nice when I'm not at home, but when I'm at home, like for me to pull out my phone or whatever and open it and look at the video feed and see who's there and like talk to somebody, you know, because that's the commercials, right? That they're like, oh, I'm sitting on the couch and I'm going to answer the door from the couch. I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'm old, but like, I'm just not going to do that. Like, I'm just going to, I'm going to go to the front door and I'm going to peek out and I'm either going to answer it or not. Like sometimes the the flow like the sequence the actual time sequence of pulling out my phone loading the app connecting to the camera you know all of that is just not as fluid and fast as they show it in the 15 second commercial right obviously those sequences are sped up like i like wise right i have wise cameras you know yep. you've heard of those yeah but it's like it's not fast like it's just not super fast to connect to the camera like i yeah uh, i have a couple of cameras around the house one at my front door mm -hmm. and i have another one um that i use for other reasons um and i have managed to find room for that in my life in a similar way to the workflow that you're talking about but it has mostly to do with deliveries Mm -hmm. So I uh, I find it very helpful to know when a parcel was delivered or left on my outside my door because of yeah. weather. Like if it's raining okay. or whatever, I know to just go really quickly and bring something in, or I know that the courier company stopped by. Or yeah. so for for couriers is really good. Um, the other thing is um, um, somebody damaged my mailbox and the way the camera is um, really. Yeah, it was an accident, but still. 
they didn't they didn't come forward to tell me hey i damaged your mailbox right yeah yeah so um because the way i point my camera is it only catches my front door in my driveway right my driveway i have a car on the driveway and it's right next to the mailbox i can't see the people on the footpath or the street or it's not because i couldn't it's because i choose not to right yeah yeah and um it was very helpful to know like hey why is my mailbox flat like <laughs> what happened here? <laughs> um maybe i'll i'll, uh, I'll share with you the video because it's actually quite funny in a sad way but it's, it's <laughs> anyway um so uh i have found uh, use cases for that camera like i uh, i know hmm. i now know for example when the nanny brings the my eldest daughter from school like what time they came yeah. home or i can see based on how my daughter walks to the door if she's in good spirits or she's not uh, stuff like that so hmm. uh, i found it to be um to be useful. It's interesting. Yeah. The the yeah. thing that I try to remember though is to make people aware that I have it. So I have a pretty pretty prominent one that I put on uh, on uh, on the um, outside wall, if you like. And then mm -hmm. um, I also use um like a floodlight um that it comes with. So at night, the big it does like people detection type stuff, and then it just like turns on the floodlight. Oh yeah. So that is quite anything, but I did turn off the floodlights for animals and for all that other stuff. But the reason I'm talking about my <laughs> my camera is that my camera does not use a cloud service. And that's part of their yeah. marketing. They go like, "Hey, it has an SD card. Guess what? <laughs> so yep. it stores like a rolling log, if you like, of uh, of videos. Yeah. Um, and uh, I exactly. can also, and I've also hooked it up to a, an FTP destination so i mm -hmm. i back it up on my synology at home and oh, that's a good idea and it uh, turns out that uh, this company which is <clears throat> called netatmo is a german company um they've um announced a partnership with apple for you won't guess what um you won't believe it uh, icloud <laughs> secure <No>. video yeah <laughs> <laughs> so they will that's <laughs> great <laughs> so f free if you pay for the um like i pay for the two yeah. terabyte icloud storage option thing you get like free storage for um for your videos video streams and whatever yeah. and based on what just happened i will basically opt out of that which right. is so counterintuitive right. like the way i watch now is i connect to my home and i just i can mm -hmm. just go yeah. through my video um files and that's it and yeah. I don't keep them around for more than a week, and that's it. Yep, yep, yeah. See, I'm just too cheap. <laughs> I'm too cheap to pay for the the cloud service. Um, yeah, my camera right has a slot for the SD card. Put the SD card in there, and now you get like a week or something of rolling footage. But that's plenty. And um, yeah, I think wise, I could have paid for a storage. I don't remember. It's been a while since I've looked at what they offer. But yeah, I'm generally just too cheap to pay for another monthly subscription, especially for like the, I guess, surveillance video mm. that I don't look at all the time. I mean, it's nice to have when something happens, but, you know, it's not a daily thing. Um, yeah. Your your use case is a little bit different than 
than mine. But uh, but yeah, I mean, not everything needs to be a service. You know, not everything needs to so be. So you're a saying you don't have a monthly subscription for your weather app or for your? <laughs> no, no, especially. <laughs> You know, I, I I go in these ebbs and flows of like really wanting to know the weather, and then sometimes I'm like, whatever, you know, I, I ignore the weather. But <laughs> like, I have like four weather apps on my phone, and they're all different. Like, I just don't. They're all different every day. One of them's like it's gonna snow. The other one's like it's gonna be fifty. One of them's gonna be twenty. I'm like, well, come on, you guys are nowhere near each other. <laughs> Well, I think you should. Start- at least in the U.S., uh, for the most part, like almost every single weather forecast and uh, all of the information comes from the same place, right? Like we have this National Weather Service, and I think a lot of people don't know this, but like all of the the TV news weather, like the weatherchannel.com, dot com, like the the app uh, built into your Android phone, like all of those things are getting their weather information from the same source every day, right? It's from our, like, government. It's a government source that gives the weather report. And then I think they kind of massage it a little bit and look at the <laughs> the probability and, and change things, but it's all coming from the same source. So for them to be, like, you know, vastly different predictions for the day, it, it gets, like, annoying. It's know. kind of like the horoscope. Yeah. I mean, they can only do so much. I don't know, but no, I don't have a, I don't have a subscription to a weather app. Uh, that kind of stuff, I don't like subscriptions. I'll buy it, you know, one time. I'll spend the two dollars, the four dollars, whatever. But I don't know. Certain things don't feel subscription. How do you feel about paying for updates, though? But there aren't really updates usually. Like usually there's just not that many, right? You're getting you're getting content updates, but it's not like the same as getting I guess it's not the same magnitude of uh of like information as Netflix giving me new shows all the time. And I know that they spent a lot of money producing a lot of new shows, whereas a weather app you know, the information is a lot less, but also I know that you're getting that from somewhere else, right? Like they're not creating, they don't have satellites, you know, looking down, figuring out the weather. So it's like a different gauge, I guess, a different scale. Um, but it's possible that a third-party developer is paying a license to access that data from somewhere or so they yeah. might have an ongoing cost for yeah. a server to send you a push notification when the weather changes, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It, it's hard because not everything has to be a subscription, right? You could almost argue, I don't know, you could argue for a lot of things to be a subscription. Hmm. No, right? no, I don't disagree with you. I, I think it's, I think I have a, only a handful of services I pay a subscription for. Yeah. Like, you know, like I mentioned um, cloud storage, music service, um, mm-hmm. two or three TV streaming services. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's in terms of actual apps that I use. I um, I tend to choose based on different business models. Like I'm okay to pay, say, um, for a, say a productivity app once a year. I can pay for a solid upgrade yeah. that gives me new features sure. and operating system compatibility and whatever. 
I understand mm-hmm. that they um, they employ a team of developers who you know have to update that um, suite of apps yeah. to to work the way I like. You can yeah. the model. I want to say it's uh, is it JetBrains mm-hmm. that does. Um, it's a subscription model, but basically you earn a certain like stake in the ground, right? Where where you're 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 paying a subscription and you get updates, but if you stop paying your subscription, then you're locked in at a certain version. Like yep. you quote own that version. Yep. You know, so you you paid for version three, four, five, and then you're like, oh, I'm done with this, and they keep going, right? Six, seven, eight, but you're at version five. Yeah. I like that model where you're you're contributing, you're giving them resources to continue developing, but then you said peace. You know, you said peace out. And so they're going to be like, all right, well, we stop at version five for you then. Yeah. And the like uh, that, you know, designer that's, that's tools, SketchUp does the same thing. I think Sketch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. to me seems fair, but um, where it gets tricky is um, they will actually still have a cost for backwards compatibility oh. and stuff. Yeah. Well, so they have to support, right? They yeah. Have to con- how long are they going to keep version five around? Yeah. yeah, I know it's it is interesting. Have yeah. you have you come across um, again? They're not none of these companies are sponsors, right? Uh, there's a thing called Setup. Have you heard of Setup? It's kind of like a, you pay a monthly fee. I don't even know, say ten US dollars a month, and you get access to like a lot of apps, and their portfolio oh. of apps keeps going up every year. And you it's can like a bundle. Yeah. That's right. And then based on which mm. apps you use, they go and they distribute the funds to the um, developers of those apps. But oh. you but you go you get access to all the apps. Huh. Yeah. You based on usage. Yeah, and then you end up with a single subscription for a yeah. ton of apps. That's interesting. It's uh, yeah. I I'm intrigued by that model. And it's not like they have like rubbish apps. They have apps that I've actually bought yeah. independently. I wouldn't mind, you know, like paying again for. So um, that's yet another business model that I like. So it's a subscription like the previous one you mentioned, but it's it's a different model. Like I know for as long as I have a computer, I will have software on it and I will pay for it and I will use it and, you know, I'll get value from it. So I I don't have an issue with spending money on software. Um, But paying for each tiny wee service mm, might not scale, which is funny because, <laughs> you know, we, we live in the age of like cable cutters <laughs> and cable was this incredible aggregation service really where, you know, you pay a fee and you have a hundred yeah. channels oh, and it doesn't I matter. <laughs> funny. <laughs> but then you're like, break this up. I just <laughs> want to pay for one channel. I only want one. <laughs> And then, and who's laughing? Who's <laughs> laughing now? And then five services later, like I miss yeah. cable. <laughs> I know. Well, they got greedy. They got greedy. Yeah. Our kids will yeah. never know what cable is. No, it's funny. We just I don't know why. For a while, like they they really only watch you know Netflix or PBS Kids or um. That's about it, I guess. <laughs> they, watch, <laughs> they watch those two streaming streaming services, and uh, and recently, um, I I let it slip that we have Disney Junior on YouTube TV, uh-huh. so that's like broadcast, right? It's just a live stream, and I turned it on the other day, and they're like, "Fast forward, fast forward," and I'm like, "You can't." 
like what do you mean like you can't you just have to wait like they're like skip the commercial i'm like no so they don't like yeah it's really interesting they don't understand cable they don't understand like the broadcast like well where's it coming from i'm like well it's like over the air but like well, but not really. I mean, it's over the internet, but it was over the air. And, you know, you, you start going down this rabbit hole of the way that these things work and the legacy. And, and they're like, I just want to watch Mickey Mouse. And I'm like, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, how, well, uh, how, how worried are you, speaking of kids, about the whole coronavirus outbreak? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not really all that worried about it. Uh, I am. We're I flying to Europe in April for yeah, for a long flying. time. Yeah, you shouldn't fly anywhere. <laughs> yeah, and we're gonna spend like twelve hours in Singapore. So, mm. yeah, my plan is guess, to book a room in yeah. a hotel in that airport and just lock my family in for twelve well, hours. Yeah, bring a bring a gallon of uh, of disinfectant. Yeah, it's, you know, wash your hands. If it's airborne, it's not a lot you can do. Is it airborne? I'm. I actually haven't read all the details. And I, I recently I saw that the I don't um, know. um the rate of spreading it was a, a bit lower than they feared it would be. So yeah, it was like one point three. But you know, if somebody sneezes on you or whatever, it's oh yeah. game over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So, um, yeah, I know it's uh, you know okay. So, so on on that topic, uh, I want to know: is it coincidental or completely on purpose that uh, maybe three days after this coronavirus hit the news and became a big thing, there was this uh, show on Netflix called Pandemic that came out. Yeah. I did not see that. Yeah. So uh, there's this like, you know, multi-episode series where they're like, it's kind of like a documentary and they're talking about pandemics, mm. like all through history and, and, you know, what, what happened and what they're doing and the research to, um, to fight, you know, the flu. And it's just so interesting. I feel like Netflix 100% had this in the bag for a long time and they're just holding the content until there's topical you know uh like topical news or it's in the society because because I had never seen it and then I swear like 3 days after this started to become you know a big thing in the news all of a sudden there it was you know right at the beginning of my feed in Netflix yeah. it was like pandemic and talking about viruses and they did not market I, me. No, no. That's interesting. They're they still they're still the pushing algorithm. The Witcher on me. <laughs> yeah, The Witcher. Yeah, I started. I didn't start it. Like I looked at the preview, and then I was like, "This looks great. Like visually, looks great." But I know it's going to leave me empty, and I'm not going to invest my time. I I also chose not to watch it. Yeah, I uh, I I told so you from a video game, right? There's a, it was a video game. It's books. There's books, books, and I th- I think the video yeah. game is based on the books, but there's books. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Part of me just wants to watch it on my new TV, but then <laughs> part of me is like, ah, do I want to invest the time in a storyline that I don't know if I really care about? Mm. 
a, a different topic, I guess. <laughs> for a, a different topic for for another time. Yeah. <laughs> should we um should we wrap here, Todd? Um we should. It's uh it's getting morning here, getting to be morning time. I think people are going to wake up pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, um, if anyone else if anyone else wants to get in touch with us, they can follow us on Twitter at Keep in Touch FM, and they can follow you at Todd the Land. That's right, and people can follow you on Twitter uh, at Nick T M R O. So until next time, keep in touch. <laughs>